athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Welcome once again to the program. I am your host, Donald Ware. Listen, there's a whole lot we really got to get to today here on the program. I mean, you know, you talk about the National Football League. Week three is upon us. I'm going to give my week three picks. A lot of injuries in the National Football League in week two that are going to have implications on week three games. So going to talk today here on the program. As a matter of fact, we've got a game, an, an impending game, for the ages, Monday night football, the Chiefs and the Ravens get together. You have the Super Bowl MVP, the Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. You have the MVP of the league for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson. And so that's an absolutely phenomenal matchup. So we're going to I'm, I'm going to give you my picks for week three on the National Football League today on the program. You know, last weekend, so I, I really, Tribe Call Quest, as we, we get a little Tribe Call Quest, we're going we're gonna to get a little Tribe Call Quest going today. As a matter of fact, the song's from the album Low End Theory. So my son plays travel baseball. We had a, a baseball game, as a matter of fact, in Durham. And, and, and also they played at what's called the DAP or Durham Athletic Park. It's where the Durham Bulls used to play, and it is where most of the filming took place for the film Bull Durham. So that was pretty cool. So we had a chance to to be in Durham and to, to play a little travel baseball. And in between games, so in between games, we probably had a couple of hours. So my wife and I are really into collecting records. And these vinyl records, I mean, we, we spent a lot of money on these records because I don't really believe in buying reissues. Like if there's an album that came out and, you know, it came out back in the day and then they have a reissue like a two, you know, let's say it was, uh, I mean, let me give you an example. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe there was, um, you know, Tribe Call Quest, maybe Tribe Call Quest came out and, you know, the Low End Theory album came out in, in 91, right? And then, uh, they do a reissue in 2017. Like, I'm not interested in buying the reissue from 2017. Yeah, it may have been digitally remastered and all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm into the older records when the originals, even if maybe they're scratched up a, a, a little bit, you can you can sort of get around that. You can repair them, if you will, even if the album covers aren't pristine. To me... Uh, when you get in, when you have an older record, it's more valuable. Like I'm into the records for the, for listening to them and for the artwork and all of that. Right. But I'm also into the value of these records. And like I said, we spend some money on some records, but some of these records are valuable because they're first pressings. Right. So we're in the record store. They got the low end theory playing. I'm like, and that, like, I wasn't a huge Tribe fan. Like, I like Tribe because I used to listen to that. Like, one of the first videos, and going back to 1990, where I lived, there, we didn't have cable at, at the time for whatever reason, and we didn't have satellite uh, television. So when cable finally came around, I mean, I was heavy into Yo! and TV raps and Rap City and all that. And one of my favorite songs was Left My Wallet in El Segundo, right? That's one of the first songs I remember seeing a video for and 
uh, and of course, Benita Applebaum. And so I liked Tribe. And then when Low End Theory came out, I used to listen to that record. Well, really, I had, I think I had the tape. I used to listen to the tape. Young, the young, young people aren't going to know what a, what a tape is per se. I used to listen to that tape all the time. And so when we're in the record store, it really brought back some memories. And really, that Low End Theory album is absolutely phenomenal. So you're going to hear, hear some Low End Theory songs by a tribe called quest throughout the course of today's program. So a couple of things I want to get into. Let me set the table for you today here on the program. George Lombard is the first base coach for the LA Dodgers. And he's got a tremendous story to tell his mother, a former civil rights activist, a tremendous story. You won't want to miss it. George Lombard is the first base coach for the L.A. Dodgers going to join us today here on the program. By the way, the Dodgers are playing some phenomenal baseball right now. So looking forward to talking with George Lombard a little bit later on in the program. Gail Sayers on Wednesday passed away at the age of 77, played seven seasons in the National Football League. His career was cut short by injuries, but the time that he played, boy, he was a phenomenal player. As a matter of fact, he's the youngest player to ever be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame at the age of 34. And so he passed away on Wednesday. Phenomenal running back, great man. If you remember the movie or heard about the movie Brian's Song, Talked about the life of former Chicago football, Bears football player Brian Piccolo and the friendship between Piccolo and Sayers in the film Brian's song, James Kahn of Godfather fame of misery fame played the role of Brian Piccolo. And of course, the one and only Billy D. Williams played the role of Gail Sayers. It's a, really a must see film. It was, an, it was a movie. It was a television movie, as a matter of fact. What a heart that Gail Sayers had and unfortunately passing away again on Wednesday at the age of 77. His Again, his career was cut short uh, in the National Football League, only played seven years, all with the Bears. And, and it reminded me, like Gail Sayers reminded me of a player by the name, and, before, and this player was before Gail Sayers, a player in terms of the speed, the acceleration by the name of Willie Gallimore. Willie Gallimore was a, was a phenomenal player and Willie Gallimore had his life uh, taken at, I believe the age of 28. He was in a car accident uh, in 1960. I believe it was 1965. Phenomenal running back, an electrifying running back with the Chicago Bears. I mean, when I was able to do for USA Today last year, ranking the top 100 players that went to HBCUs that played in the National Football League. I had Willie Gallimore very high. I mean, I think he's one of those that perhaps if his, if he doesn't get in that car accident, he goes on to, to even further success. And see, the thing about now with all of these Hall of Fames, a lot of the players are able to make it because – you look at all of these statistics. But see, back then, it wasn't about the stats. It was about the eye test and the res- a lot of the respect that players had for you when they played against you and with you. And they, so, you know, Willie Gallimore is one of those guys. I mean, I think, you know, if you if you look at the numbers, you would say, okay, well, not great numbers. But then again, I mean, you know, he, he they it was just a different time, right, in pro football. And I think he's a guy that really, uh, you know, had the potential and should receive Hall of Fame consideration, just like uh, uh, Terrell Davis, the running back for the Broncos, uh, was able to make it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, had really only four really good years. I know he had a 2,000-yard rushing season, a couple of Super Bowls. I mean, that certainly propelled him, but his career also cut short by injuries. A lot of guys like that. But anyway, you know, it just Gale Sayers uh, just – made me think back to a guy that came out before Gale Sayers. As a matter of fact, who knows? Gale Sayers was a great player. May have could have been a phenomenal backfield with Gale Sayers and Willie Gallimore or 
you know, Gallimore was more of a, a scat back type. He could he could catch the ball and had blazing speed, toughness, had a lot of moves. I, I, as a matter of fact, I was able to watch a couple of highlights a little bit more recently. Uh, and so anyway, uh, that but Gallimore, I, I was just reminded when Gail Sayers passed about the greatness of Willie Gallimore. But boy, Gail Sayers was an outstanding player as well so you have that going on we had a situation where Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin are forming a new race team next year and their first driver of course it's going to be Bubba Wallace and I really you know when the last dance came out and you could really see I could really see how Michael Jordan really changing and really his thoughts on having this race team was all about Listen, not a lot of black, uh, obviously no black ownership, only one black driver currently. The history, there have in the history of NASCAR, not a lot of black drivers. And so he says, you know, hey, and, and like I think, I mean, NASCAR is a lot of fun. It's, it's cool. Like NASCAR is so cool. So he's going to own a race team along with Denley Hamlin. And again, it's going to be, he's going to have a lot of sponsorship. Obviously, Jordan Brand's going to be the main sponsor. So, I mean, that can't hurt because you got that Jordan Brand out there, right? It's all about sponsorships in NASCAR. Plus, Bubba Wallace is bringing some some sponsors with him anyway. Worldwide Technologies, I'm, I'm sure, is coming with him. Of course, um, you have a situation where uh, Bubba Wallace moved on and parted ways, really, with Richard Petty Racing. Listen, I'm up against the break. Let me step aside, take the break, come back. We got more of the program on the other side. Do it for the strong, we do it for the meek. Booming in your booming in your booming in your Jeep or your Honda or your Beamer or your Legend or your Benz. The rave of the town to your foes and your friends. So push it along, trails we blaze. Don't deserve the call. Hey, mommy, what you doing? Just doing some online shopping. Great. While you're at it, can you order an original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky? Of what? An original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky. It's really good, Mommy. Dad let me try some, and I ate the entire bag, and I was hoping you could help me replace it before he notices. Why would you eat all of Dad's beef jerky? Mommy, I couldn't help myself. Marjorie's beef jerky is so good, and Daddy says it's good for you. Well, it sounds like we had better buy two bags to avoid this from happening again. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. Purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online right now at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. Or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. We're back here on From the Press Box to Press Row. A little scenario from a tribe called Quest Low End Theory. And again, one of the great albums, again, in doing some record shopping, that song was playing last weekend and it took me back to the days i got i gotta be i gotta get that record like i'm gonna go and look and see if i can get that record the lp uh, as we're into collecting those records but i mean you can't have a conversation of greatest rap groups of all time and not have a tribe called quest in that conversation or this album 
in that conversation. Still to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row, I'm going to give you my thoughts on the Deion Sanders hire by Jackson State. Also, my picks for week three of the National Football League started on Thursday. The Dolphins defeated the Jaguars 31-13. to The Jaguars able to defeat the Colts to open the season, have lost two straight games, a close one, albeit last week, to the Titans, and then the loss to the Dolphins. Minshew not as spectacular, uh, obviously, as you know he had been, but... You know, I mean, the Jaguars are struggling, no doubt, uh, a little bit. And we'll see what their next outcome is against the Bengals. That's two uh, organizations that are struggling. So we'll see how the Jaguars are able to bounce back. Also, when you look at these NBA series, I mean, when I look at Eric Spolster and what he is doing with Miami, it is absolutely phenomenal making this next run after the run, you go back to the LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, and then, of course, Chris Bosh days, and now making another run, not as much talent, but more of a cohesive unit, right? They play some good defense, well-coached Miami, making a nice run. I look at the Lakers and Denver with the Lakers leading that series three games to one game five going to take place on Saturday And I don't know if this time that Denver can come back from the 3-1 deficit. They've done it in the previous two series. I'm not sure about this time. The Lakers are locked in, much more talented, a a really good uh, defensive Laker team. And by the way, we talk about LeBron James. We talk about Anthony Davis. But you got to talk about some of these other players, Caldwell Pope, had some big shots in game four. The guy that has been steady the most in this series that we're not talking enough about, Rondo. Rajon Rondo's averaging in excess of eight assists in this series. We're not talking enough about him. Had a big game four, some excellent passes, especially in the fourth quarter. A timely shot, that pull-up jump shot from the left elbow. I mean, this guy, I mean, he knows what it takes to win a championship he's played remember when he was younger and is much younger in his career going back to when the Celtics won that championship in 2008 I mean he had to manage you know three Hall of Fame guys so he knows how now he's older right he's older so I mean that guy is that guy's a guy that we're not talking enough about uh, when it comes to what the Lakers are are accomplishing now maybe Denver wins on Saturday hard to say in one of the matchups I'm looking at Jamal Murray is playing splendid but this is the thing he is getting a lot of his buckets and it's no slight against Murray but when LeBron James comes and checks Murray it's a whole different scenario look in the fourth quarter the matchup I don't think Murray scored any points when matched up against James particularly down the stretch so we'll see how that series ultimately plays out if the Lakers can close it out on Saturday if Denver can win a game but I don't think Denver's going to come back from a 3-1 deficit this time around listen uh Breonna Taylor you know I, I we're continuing to have these conversations we've been asking for justice for Breonna Taylor uh for the longest time since March since she was murdered no knock warrant. Um, and so now we have a situation where one of one officer was charged, but he was charged for, in essence, shooting into another home. OK. And I mean, there's this is a mess. And and again, uh, you know, are we really I mean, I think the, the question really is, are we surprised we continue to see? Black men, black women murdered at the hands of the police. That's bad. Then we don't see justice for those uh, black men, black women who are murdered by the police. And it's, you know, it, it, it is very frustrating. It is extremely disappointing. Uh, but 
you know, again, no surprise, unfortunately, from what we've seen, if history has taught us anything, generally this doesn't go uh, in our favor. And um, so we're seeing protests uh, once again. I, uh, you know, I just I hate to see uh, what we're seeing with the violence. And some of that violence is not is a lot of that violence, by the way, uh, not by the ones that are marching for justice for Brianna Taylor and others. We must point that out also. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know what to say. It's uh, just extremely disappointing that we see this time and again and how many incidences we have even seen uh, since George Floyd. And that was back in May. So this is is extremely disappointing. Uh, but, but again, that's why it's important that we must go out, vote, vote, vote November 3rd in the election, not just for the presidential race, but for the all of the other races as well, because politics are local. So let me transition into the Deion Sanders hiring by Jackson State. Obviously, I think when you I think it's a good hiring on the surface first and foremost anytime you can get a coach like a Deion Sanders I realize he doesn't have uh, really uh, much any college coaching experience but what who who he is and first of all by the way I mean you think about Deion Sanders and HBCUs more recently receiving his degree from Talladega College also going back, if you go back, seems like may have been 2010 where he made a donation to then Paul Quinn College, who had a football team um, at that time. And then you, you look at it even more recently when they when the, the whole NFL HBCU combine deal, he was a spokesman for that as well. So, you know, he he has um, had some dealings with HBCUs, but now he's inside. He's on the inside. You had the pomp and circumstance you had his you know his his entrance which was absolutely grand only in prime time style and by the way uh to have uh his girlfriend Tracy Edmond there as well absolutely phenomenal um but again we're looking at a Jackson State program that hasn't been right ever since it got rid of Rick Comagy who was having some success matter of fact going back what was it, 2007 or 2008 season, uh, leading Jackson State to the SWAC championship victory. And then the next year, also a SWAC championship game ex- uh, uh, appearance. Uh, but but again, Jackson State hasn't been right since then. So now he's coming in on the inside already, m- maybe getting some guys, um, some four or five-star guys to commit to the program. I will say this. It's a little bit different when you're uh, inside. And we've had coaches that have had big names, maybe not as much flash, but coaches that have had big names that have come back and coached at HBCUs. You you know, you you look at Doug Williams and the success that he had at Grambling uh, two times around. Uh, you look at a Larry Little, uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer, uh, went back to his alma mater, Bethune-Cookman had some success there, went on to North Carolina Central, Won some games there as well. So we've seen where you've had coaches that are pro football Hall of Fame guys that have gone on to coach in college, uh, maybe with little to no experience in terms of coaching. And by the way, Doug Williams also at Morehouse as well, having some success there. Those two guys I mentioned, and there are many others, um, are HBCU guys. It's, It's a little bit different HBCU culture. How, you know, how does Jackson State function? to what Deion Sanders is trying to do. You have to ask yourself that question uh, as well. No previous experience, but I think if he you know, pulls together a coaching staff that has some experience, um, I think that's going to be a benefit uh, to Deion Sanders as well. Um, and then, you know, again, this is the thing. Like, you, we, you can't anoint Jackson State 
as the champs. Just because Deion Sanders is the coach, a game has not been played as of yet. Alcorn State's got a lot to say about that as the two-time defending SWAC champions. Fred McNair has done a great job down there. And if you go back to even what the uh, even you know Jay Hobson, those I mean, Alcorn State has a program. You have to build a program, and that Jackson State I mean it's some talent there. There's no question about it. But that Jackson State program hasn't been a good program for seven or eight years. So you have to rebuild the program. Even if you get some top-level players, those guys that are coming in are young guys. They're freshman guys. They haven't played college football as great as they may have been with all of the stars by them in terms of high school. It's going to take some time to build a program. And, I mean, I'm not saying that Jackson State can't come in and, and be competitive right away. I'm just saying that Jackson State can't I mean they can but they won't come in and win a championship you have all corn state that has something to say about that you have grambling that has something to say about that you have an Alabama state that's on the rise uh an Alabama A&M that's also on the rise uh Connell Maynard with it with his great quarterback with the great court the quarterback play at Alabama state uh that's going to have something to say about that you have a Dawson Odoms at Southern uh that's going to have a little bit of, of something to say about that so it's a great hire I think Jackson State alums are going to be behind it 100%. I'm sure a lot of money came in to that Jackson State, uh, not just the athletics and football program, but to the university as well. When big things like this happen, alumni pull out the checkbooks, generally speaking. So I'm sure uh, that um, a lot of money came into Jackson State, a lot of publicity, national publicity, and all of those things. Now, it's time for Coach Sanders now and his staff to get to work, and by the way, a lot of other teams are going to have a lot to say about uh, where where Jackson State finished, most notably Alcorn State, the two-time defending SWAC champs. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at Box2Row or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R-O-W. My NFL picks are up next. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. He's Chadwick Bozeman and he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You are, in fact, a graduate. What do you remember most? most about your days at Howard. Howard is like one of those experiences where <laughs> you know it's a it's a bubble, you know it's a it's a special moment. Like I had some great teachers. Felicia Rashad was one of my teachers. You know, I just remember being nurtured to respect black writers, black directors, black actors, as well as the classics. So you got the full scope of what you should experience and I think that's unique to Howard. I just love the fact that they respected the full scope of it. Kiki Palmer joining us here on the program. I, I've grown in a lot of different ways. I think I've definitely grown as far as my age progression, and that shows that I've literally grown, I guess, on screen, and people have seen me from, you know, a young kid to coming of age into an adult, and I feel like slowly but surely they're not taking that Aquila memory out their head, but realizing Aquila also has, you know, has grown up. I don't ever want to be typecasted as just the we hosting girl. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from David into now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. At the voice, of course, of T.I., it's some hard times down in the ATL, though, T.I. Yeah, and if that is understood. It wouldn't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the first nor the worst. But, you know, you got to stay down with the home team, you know? No, nah, no question. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're, they're not doing too well right now. Well, like <laughs> you know what I mean. We gotta, hey, 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 look, man, we gotta, we gotta hold it down so we can, so we can get it back right again. <laughs> that is the voice of Maria Taylor, ESPN College Sports Analyst. College Game Day is a show that I grew up watching, a, a show that I've always loved. I knew that when I was um, able to join, I was more than excited. I found out the same week as I turned thirty. And it's just something that I never dreamed I would be a part of, but something that I'm so thankful to have under my belt have done for an entire season. There's nothing like it, honestly. Hello, I'm Josh Stone, and I'm here chatting to Donald on Thunder Press Box to Press Roll. Kimber Walker. There's a lot more poise now. 
know, um, the game is slowed down, so you know, I kind of know what to expect. You know, I've been watching a lot of film on our offense and, you know, what plays I can make. You know, I'm just trying to make the best plays possible. When I draw a second defender to me, um, I know my job is done. I'm trying my best to find the open guy. You know, the difference is guys are making shots. That's been the biggest difference. I'm talking about none other than Common. Well, I ended up with Sam just because I wanted to major in business, and Sam, you had the illustrious school of business. And, I mean, I played high school basketball, but... At one point, my career kind of rounded off because I got injured and I wasn't getting as much playing time, so I became impatient. I went to school first, starting off with general studies, then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. I got into the school of business, and it was definitely a great learning experience for me. She's regarded as the best gymnast in the world. She's Simone Biles, the ESPN Swimsuit Edition. Actually, really fun. Like, to be honest, me and Allie had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, I've run the best shape of our lives. We're feeling confident about our body and we hope that other young girls and women like feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Mine was just like beauty, but also showing muscles. Like I feel like when little girls look at that, they'll think it's okay to have muscles and be beautiful and like sexy at the same time in a good manner. And I think that's what we got across, hopefully. It was great. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because he was against his religion. Mm -hmm. All the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown to Division One. WWE champion Alexa Bliss. How does one go from being a cheerleader as you were at the Division One level at Akron to being the WWE champion? <laughs> well, uh, after I appeared in Akron, my uh, trainer had told me that WWE was having a tryout, so and they knew I was a fan. So I went online and I submitted a video to WWE.com. Um, I didn't think anything would come of it, but then I was called and given a tryout. And then after I tried out, I was signed to NXT, and it just kind of became a roller coaster from there. So we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi Valley State? University. <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought awareness to the school. And after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. Week three of the National Football League kicked off on Thursday. The Dolphins were in Jacksonville. We can talk more about that. Let's look at some of the week three matchups. I think back to week two. I didn't do. I, I, I didn't do as well in week two in terms of my predictions as I had in week one. So now it's a couple of games uh, that each team has played. So let's see if I fare a little bit better in week three. The Washington football team going to be at the Browns. And the Washington football team laid an egg. But I, I'm going to give the Cardinals a lot of credit. Kyler Murray looked absolutely phenomenal. Washington football team got into a hole as it did the previous week to the Eagles. That time uh, was able to come back, not this time against the Cardinals. The Browns, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, et cetera, looked a lot better. I mean, the Browns, to me, they looked a lot better in their win last week, but the Browns, to me, uh, really underachieving. Like the Browns, even last year, underachieved, started out bad, the week one loss, bounced back on last week uh again as i as i've told you before like i'm not gonna go against the washington football team i have the washington football team in this game the eagles gonna be hosting the Bengals. the eagles struggling right now Owen two got a, a lambasted 
by the Rams last week. And you look at this Bengals team, Joe Burrow. I mean, like I was impressed with Joe Burrow on Thursday night football, even though the the Browns defeated the Bengals. They should have defeated the Bengals, but you know, I was impressed with Joe Burrow in his first, you know, his first start through three touchdowns in the game, through for in excess of three hundred yards. The Bengals are still a work in progress. Um, even though the Eagles are really banged up right now, a lot of questions, a lot of questions really surrounding Carson Wentz and how he's playing. But I think the Eagles, uh, you know, the Bengals just aren't a great football team, so I'm definitely going with the Eagles in this football game. The Patriots hosting the Raiders. Wow, what a win for the Raiders Primetime, the Las Vegas Raiders now, Monday night football against the Saints. And that was a big-time win, 34-24. to 24. Uh, I, You know, Derek Carr looked, uh, looked good in that game. You know, this is an, it could be an emerging Raiders team. But if I look at the Patriots, and even though the Patriots lost the football game last week, Cam Newton looked really, really good that the, the thing about it, like, the Saints' defense isn't great, and uh, the Patriots' defense is really, really good. So I think the, the, the Raiders, even though I think they're going to be improved this year, they get a dose of reality on Sunday in New England. I've got the Patriots. The Falcons are hosting the Bears. The Falcons laid an absolute egg against Dallas. Like, had the game in hand, and, I mean, it came down to the onside kick, and then, of course, the Cowboys kicked the field goal to win the game, but it never should have come down to that. I mean, the, you know, the Falcons had a couple of leads in that football game and just relinquished it. The defense, which ha- had generally been solid, not good at all, allowed for the Cowboys to come back. You know, I was rooting against the Cowboys. I thought that even with the Washington football team loss, that the Washington football team would still be a top or be in first place in the NFC East. That aside, I mean, the the Bears, if you look at the Bears right now, I mean, Mitchell Trubisky, not bad. The Bears are 2-0. I realize that the the opponents may not have been the greatest opponents, but 2-0 after two games is 2-0. Mitchell Trubisky, the Bears rolling with him, two touchdowns, two interceptions against the Giants. Bears only winning that game 17-13. I think that the Falcons bounce back. Matt Ryan looking like the old Matt Ryan. I mean, it's not much that uh, he can do with the Falcons playing defense, but I think the Falcons bounce back in this game. They got to try to get a bit of a running game going. I think the Bears defense is solid, but in a close ball game, this is a pick em. That's a pick em game to me. I'm going to pick the Falcons in this game. The Rams and the Bills. This is an intriguing football team because you have two 2-0 teams. You have a Rams team, again, shellacked the Eagles last week, beat the Cowboys the week before. Um, the Bills are a team on the rise, showing right now that last year was no fluke in terms of making the playoffs, a young quarterback for the Bills. I mean, you look at Josh Allen, what, four touchdown passes last week. He looked good, albeit against the Dolphins, but – I mean, that's a division game. So when you can get those division wins, it's hard to get wins in the National Football League, particularly in a division, and that's what Buffalo was able to do. I think this week the Rams, Aaron Donald, that defense slows the Bills down. I think it's going to be – that's going to be a game where it, it's 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 going to be – it's not going to be high scoring. It's not going to be low scoring. Maybe, you know, a 20-17 to 17 game, something like that. You know, I think the Rams pull – that game out ultimately the Texans going to be on the road against the Steelers again big Ben Roethlisberger making all the difference for the Steelers and remember that was a Steelers team what they won 10 games last year didn't make the playoffs without Big Ben Big Ben looking pretty good the Texans boy falling on some hard times 0-2 right now Deshaun Watson I mean, he's looking he's looking decent, but I mean, when you don't have a guy like a DeAndre Hopkins, I mean that really I mean that I, I'm just it's still an inexplicable move by the Texans. I think the Steelers remain hot at home. I've got the Steelers in that game. The Vikings gonna be hosting the Titans. Boy, I I, 
I, I picked bad last week. I, I thought that the Vikings may bounce back. I, I continue to talk to you all about Kirk Cousins. I had a chance to watch Kirk Cousins play uh, for and, 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 and watch him every week for, you know, a couple of years. And, I, I you know, he, he didn't play well last week. The Vikings didn't play. I at least thought the Vikings defense would come around, I thought. But, I mean, that's that's not it for the Vikings. The Vikings, um, that defense that I thought was going to be pretty good is, in fact, not. Meanwhile, the Tennessee Titans are 2-0, and try, again, trying to show, much like the Bills, that the Titans run last year to the AFC Championship game was not a fluke. I've got the Titans really winning big against the Vikings. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is playing well for the Titans also. The Chargers are going to be hosting the Panthers. Interesting scenario here. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey's not going to play. He's going to be out maybe in excess of a month with that high ankle sprain. Teddy Bridgewater currently struggling for the Panthers. And remember, the Panthers showed Cam Newton the door unceremoniously. And now we knew it would be a real building year for the Panthers, but it's coming back to bite them. Meanwhile, for the Chargers, interesting scenario. Tyrod Taylor was a no-go with chest pains prior to the game last week on Sunday. Well, it, it turned out that one of the team doctors accidentally punctured his lung, lungs or one of his lungs trying to inject him with a pain-killing, uh, some pain-killing medicine uh, because he had cracked ribs from week one. So that made him uh, out for that game. Meanwhile, uh, Justin Herbert, the heralded quarterback out of Oregon, came in, uh, did rather well, uh, as a matter of fact, for the Chargers to the point that there was a talk of perhaps a, a, a quarterback controversy because before we knew it was a punctured lung, Anthony Lynn said, hey, Tyrod Taylor, as long as he's healthy, is our starter. And he caught a little bit of flack for that. Anthony Lynn caught some flack for that. I mean, my thought is, listen, you, you know, the the Panthers are, you, you can do well. If you're Herbert, you come in, you do well. Um, they don't have tape on you. They're going to have tape on him for week two. The Panthers are going to have tape on him. So he's going to struggle. And that's why I understood what Lynn was saying, because just because Herbert had one good game doesn't mean his next game is going to be good. And it probably, if history is any indicator, probably won't be. Now there's film out on him. So he's going to have to have time to make adjustments, so on and so forth. Um, I, you know, I think, I still think the Chargers have enough. And again, when you're looking at the Panthers, there's no Christian McCaffrey. Bridgewater is struggling. I'm going with the Chargers in this game. The Jets at the Colts. The Jets are an absolute mess and continue to be an absolute mess right now. Um, the Colts able to bounce back with the victory. The maniac Darius Leonard, a, a, a really good game defensively. Phillip Rivers a lot better. Again, the Jets are a mess. I have the Colts in that game. Another intriguing game, the Cowboys at the Seahawks. Right now, you're when you think about quarterbacks, I talked about this last week. Russell Wilson right now is the best is the best quarterback, I think, in the National Football League right now. It's playing outstanding. That Seahawks team is good. The Cowboys, lucky, uh, fortunate, whatever you want to call it, to get the victory over the Falcons. Um, I think that the Seahawks, I, I, I think the Cowboys can build off of that win. I predicted or picked the Cowboys to win the NFC East. I'm still behind that prediction. Uh, but again, I think the Seahawks are going to be victorious in this game. The Cardinals are hosting the Lions. Again, it, 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 when you talk about teams right now not playing well, the Jets, the Lions are another one. Meanwhile, the Cardinals are 2-0. Kyler Murray is spectacular. Good receiving core uh, led by DeAndre Hopkins. Larry Fitzgerald still looks young. The defense is pretty good for the Cardinals. I was actually surprised I, I have the Cardinals in this football game. The Broncos are hosting the Buccaneers. So um, the Broncos, a lot of injuries, as I mentioned last week. And so you have Locke, Drew Locke, the quarterback, out. For the Broncos. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers able to rebound from the week one loss. Nice victory last week. Tom Brady and company 
uh, even on the road, going to defeat the Broncos. The Packers are going to be at the Saints. A bad loss for the Saints on Monday night football. Uh, Meanwhile, the Green Bay Packers, uh, look out for the Packers right now, 2-0 on the season. The question is, can the Saints bounce back? Aaron Rodgers uh, is playing well. Um, You know, the Saints defense is a question mark right now to me. I think they have some offensive weapons, but Drew Brees, even in the the game against the Raiders, struggled. um, And with the Saints, again, struggling on defense, I have the Packers in that game. Then, the Monday night football game between the Ravens and the Chiefs. I'm predicting that this is going to be a football game like we saw uh, going back a couple of years ago between the Rams and the Chiefs. That was in prime time. The Rams able to beat the Chiefs 54 to 51. I, I don't think it's going to get in the 50s, but it's going to be a high scoring game, maybe in the 30s. Uh, I think you're talking about two really good defenses as well. Um, you're talking about the two pre, uh, two of the premier quarterbacks. I still think Russell Wilson right now is the best quarterback in the league, but obviously <laughs> you're talking about two premier quarterbacks, league MVP, Super Bowl MVP reigning. Wow. I, you know, this is a tough one because, again, you talk about Patrick Mahomes. He has all the – I mean, he has, he has a, an embarrassment of riches – when you're talking about weapons, when you look at the Ravens, a solid running game, and then you look at Lamar Jackson, I mean, he's having a really good season. You know, he's sort of taking that next step, especially when it comes to throwing the football and, and he can still run it. Wow. This is a tough game to pick. I'm going to go with maybe a mild upset. It's not really an upset, but because the Chiefs are the champs, I'm going to go with the Ravens in this game in a high scoring game. I either have a Pittsburgh Steeler linebacker coming up or an L.A. Dodger. Find out who I'm talking. I don't even know who I'm talking to next. As from the press box to press row rolls on. Stick around and see who's wagging their tongue next with Donald Ware. From the press box to press row. BoxToRow.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the Game of the Week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports, BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches' polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. Track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Let's continue here on from the press box to press row. We're joined by a young man, a linebacker for the Steelers. As a matter of fact, former first round pick last year out of Michigan. The Steelers 2-0 have a home matchup against the Texans. Devin Bush Jr. joins us here on from the press box to press row. Devin, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yes, sir. It's great to have you. Your thoughts. I just want to get your thoughts on the season so far as the Steelers started out 2-0. and Yeah, I think it's a great start. Um, obviously, being 2-0, uh, give us the best best chance to, to, you know, lock a spot in the playoffs early. And, um, you know, it's just always good to, to win. And, um, you know, that's that's the road we're going to continue to try to head down. Yeah, I mean, for you, 14 tackles on the season, seven uh, in the win on Sunday uh, against Denver. Without you didn't have, we didn't have preseason. You were a rookie last year. You had a really good rookie season. We'll talk more about that. But I mean, were you? Did do you feel like you still have to kind of get your legs under you? Are you ready to rock and roll like you're in midseason form? Yeah, uh, I'm ready to rock and roll. Uh, I've been ready to go since since uh, March, and. Um, you know, we just already played some football. You know, already just get into the thick of things once you know we get into midseason and uh, as we get into postseason as well. For you, what was preparation like for you uh, when you weren't able to be at the facility uh, during the COVID nineteen pandemic, especially early on? Yeah, it was different at first. It was confusing. Um, it was a lot of things being said of uh, start times and and uh, when are we gonna be able to come in the building, when when people could be you know together and stuff. So I mean. It was just everything was just by air day by day, and 
you know, he just tried to stay, you know, locked in and acting as much as we could while he wasn't in the building. Steelers linebacker Devin Bush Jr. joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. What about your rookie season? Uh, 109 tackles, a couple of interceptions, four fumble recoveries. You had a return for a touchdown uh, as well. Talk about that. What, that. I mean, those are some good numbers, but outside of the numbers, because pro football isn't about the numbers, you made a lot of big plays last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, rookie season was, was, a, was a good foundation for me. Um, you know, definitely got my feet feet wet pretty good. Um, you know, I, I feel like it was just a good thing to uh, build off of. Um Obviously, like you said, the stats I'm just making good uh, good plays and big plays, you know, you know, that's just, just what type of player I am, and that's what I bring to the team. Yeah, what do you feel like? How, is the game slowing down so far? I know it's only two games in, but do you feel like the game is slowing down uh, to this point? Yeah, uh, definitely. I think uh, each, each game is, is something uh, new learned, and you learn new lessons. Uh, you know, you get a, each week you get a test, and you get to test yourself, test your limits. Uh, you learn a lot about your team, learn a lot about yourself and, you know, and your chemistry with your, with your unit. So, I mean, each, each week is a, a growing week in a process you know, to, to lead us into where we want to be in that Super Bowl. Of course, your father, Devin Bush, uh, won a Super Bowl with the Rams, also a former first-round pick, as a matter of fact. I know you don't remember. Like, they won the Super Bowl that year. It was a 99. Like, I know you don't remember that, but I'm sure he tells you plenty of stories about that. Yeah, for sure. He has a Mercedes Benz to show off for it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what does he tell? What, what kind of advice has he given you over the time? Obviously, with him uh, playing in the National Football League. Yeah, um, the biggest thing he he always preaches to me is you know you, you never get this time back and and how fast it went for him and how how much fun he had and how you know it was it was a dream come true for him. You know he's he's just letting me know uh, the things to expect and how to go about your business and. You know, um, you know, just having fun with it. Yeah. What was it like? I mean, he he coached you at Michigan a, a little bit there. What was that like? Uh, it was it was something I was I was used to. You know, he was he was my coach in high school as well. And uh, once we got to college, you know, he coached a different position, and I played a different position. Uh, but I mean, we still talk a lot. You know, we still coached me, still gave me some tips here and there. But um, you know, as we got as I got older, and as he got older, coaching, you know, we just kind of just fed off each other. You know, his school was Florida State. Uh, you guys were right there. You opted to go to Michigan. Did he, did he give you some flack about that? Uh, nah, but my mom did. My mom was uh, <laughs> Florida State. She was, she was pretty not happy about that a little bit. You know, she kind of wanted me to go to Florida State. Um, but, you know, she ended up loving Michigan. It still is a, a fan to this day and, you know, watches a lot of their games. Yeah, Devin Bush Jr. joins us here in the program. So the the game, of course, against the Texans. First of all, what what was it like on Sunday uh, against the Broncos with no fans in the stands? It's it's not as bad as as people may take it. Um, it's kind of like um, a very very intense scrimmage kind of feeling, but also it's a game, so it counts. But uh, it's not as bad. Um, as I thought it was going to be, you know, it's, it's still football at the end of the day. You know, it's still got those, those that energy flowing. And, you know, once the once the ball snaps, you know, it's football. So it's not that bad, but it definitely can't wait to have fans. Yeah, a couple more thoughts. The Texans are due for sure. Um, your thoughts on the Texans, but more specifically stopping a guy like a Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's going to be a all-game, all-game job. Uh, four quarters, every play, you know, you're going to have to keep an eye out on, on Sean. Uh, he may make some plays, uh, and we may make some plays, but we just got to make sure, you know, we limit his, his chances and his opportunities to make big plays. So, you know, that's going to be the big test for us this week. What is it like playing for Mike Tomlin in this Pittsburgh Steelers organization? Yeah, best thing that ever happened to me. Um, you know, I get a chance to come in to work every day and, and work with those type of guys and, and uh, my teammates and the coaching staff, and, you know, they, they let you be you, you know, let you have fun playing football, and they, they tell you to go out there and, and do what you do best, and that's, that's play the game. So they don't put too much pressure on you, and they just let you play. Devin Bush Jr. joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Steelers 2-0 host the Texans on Sunday. Devin, we appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Steelers. I appreciate it. Thank you. So the Steelers off to the great start. And I'm tell you what, Devin Bush Jr. had a, a really good, really good rookie season in the National Football League. Sky's the limit. 
for this young man. Remember, the Steelers traded up to pick him with the number 10 overall pick on last year. And I know my listeners on WGBN uh, follow those Steelers hard and and know about uh, Devin Bush, who I think is going to be one of the better players defensively in the National Football League as the weeks go on. And, uh, of course, uh, the Steelers, I mean, that's going to be a tough game against the Texans because when you look at the Texans, the Texans are due for a win, struggling so far this season. Uh, again, I, uh, with Watson not having a DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, that is absolutely huge. And, by the way, the Texans, uh, you know, struggling a little bit on defense. Also, you know that J.J. Watt is going to be want to be able to get after Ben Roethlisberger uh, in this game. So we'll certainly see how things play out. So let me go back to Deion Sanders and again signing with Jackson State. I want to hear from the Jackson State fans. A lot of fans, We, of course, our, our affiliate in Jackson, Mississippi, WJSU, those that are listening, I want to hear from you guys about the hire of Deion Sanders. Uh, do, do you feel like this is the year that Jackson State wins the swag? I know a lot of Jackson State fans think so, but I want to hear realistically, what do you think uh, the Deion Sanders hire means? Not only those uh, Jackson State fans, but just generally speaking, I want to hear from you all. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B O X T O R O W, or on Facebook, B O X, the number two, R O W. Your thoughts on, I mean, how excited if you're a Jackson State fan or just an HBCU fan or just a college football fan or an NFL fan, whatever. I want to hear from you. What do you think about Deion Sanders? becoming the new head football coach at Jackson State. Again, I've given you my thoughts. I think that it's going to be, I mean, there's definitely going to be some work that has to take place. I mean, that's for anybody, uh, right? So, but I, I say that more specifically because just because you have a big name and um, it doesn't mean that it's going to equate to automatic success especially when you're talking about playing in the SWAC, when you're talking about the perennial power for the last six years in Alcorn State, when you're talking about uh, a Grambling State who uh, is still right there, Grambling State is still right there, when you're talking about an Alabama A&M that's on the rise, uh, who has an outstanding quarterback in glass, when you're talking about an Alabama State who's on the rise. Southern's got something to say about it. Even Prairie View A&M, who had a good recruiting class also, and I realize that there's now some interest, and I know we talked a lot about the interest that four- and five-star players had with respect to basketball. Will that now put it on the rise for football? It's it's different because basketball – you're going to get a lot of those one-and-dones, mostly opposed to guys that may stay a couple of years. Uh, it's better for the one-and-dones for them to come to an HPCU play that year and move on. But in football, it's a little bit different because now you're talking about FCS opposed to FBS. Will you get a guy that uh, wants to go uh, to an Alabama, but because Deion Sanders or or Mississippi, but because Deion Sanders is there now, they say no. I want to go to, uh, to Jackson State. Great place to play. Veterans Memorial Stadium. Jackson State has a. That's the other thing. Like Jackson State, you you have Deion Sanders. I think it's a win because not only do you have Deion Sanders, but then you also have the tradition of Jackson State. The uh, of, of course you you talk about the Walter Paytons and you talk about the Robert Brazils and you talk about the Harold Jacksons and so many, I mean, it's so many great players that played at Jackson state. So you add that to that a lot of support. I mean, I think there's going to be some success uh, definitely in the long run, but in 2021, will Jackson state win it? Nah, I think all corn state and others have something to say about that. Got to get ready to wrap it up here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Thank you to Devin Bush for joining us today here on the program.
For more information on From the Press Box to Press Row, log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. Don't forget about Box to Row with the Radio Boss each and every Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Channel 141. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Life Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. I'm moving, yes, I'm grooving, cause my mouth is on the motor. Use the coast in the morning to avoid the funky odor. Can't help being funky, I'm the funky abstract rubber. Funky in the sense, but I play the undercover. Once had a fetish, fetish for some booty. Now I'm getting funky in my rapping, that's my duty. Brothers tend to jock on the style in particular. If you got the ego like some brothers, then I'll get with you. But if I don't pursue, then I just don't give a My motto in the 90s is be happy making ducks. Girls love the gym because it causes crazy friction. When it goes up in, it fluctuates the addiction. I still understand the oof because that's what I'm at up for. I'm hooked on the swing, so just call me the music core. Women love the voice. Brothers dig the lyrics. Quest the people's choice. We driving for the spirit. If you can't hear it, then get the wax utensils. Write my rhyme straight up. Don't get with no fancy stencil. The rhymes be getting sweet. We stay away from talk. A perfectionist at work. Working up the art. 